How are y'all doing? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. We are part of the Across the Board Sports Podcast family. As always, I want to give a big shout out to our listeners. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. Uh, some of you may know, some of you may not. Uh, this is not a one-man show. With me, as always, is the greatest co-host in the world, my friend Mike the Big Crumb. Mike, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Feeling good. Just uh, talked to Sean. You know, we got that coming. So I'm uh, happy and ready to talk some more football. Yes, sir. And Mike, just remind everybody where we can find you out on Twitter. At CD Piglet, guys. Nice and easy. And again, guys, I am Paul Ryan, and you can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. I'm sure you guys are surprised to see Mike and I with another episode this week. Early in the week, we had our week one reaction and recap episode. On Thursday, we had our second episode of our new series, Offsides with Paul and Mike. Now, Mike and I decided we decided we'd do a third episode every week during the season. Uh, today, Mike and I will be talking about our game plan and predictions for this week's game against Atlanta. Now, Mike, we know Atlanta's offense is no joke, and on Sunday they proved that. Matt Ryan was 37 for 54 with 450 passing yards, two TDs, and one interception. Todd Gurley had 57 total yards in the TD. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Russell Gage combined for 27 receptions and over 400 receiving yards and two TDs. One thing that stood out to me, though, was the fact that all three of Atlanta's wide receivers had 100 yards or more receiving uh, Mike, when you think about our secondary, that can be a scary thought. Uh, however, beyond the box scores, where the truth lies. Uh, at halftime, the game was actually pretty close. Seattle was up 14 to 12. The third quarter proved to be the difference maker, though. Seahawks scored 14 unanswered points, taking a 28 to 12 lead. Uh, Seattle ended up winning that game 38 to 25. But the reason I bring all this up, Mike, is because prior to the fourth quarter, Matt Ryan had only passed for 252 passing yards and he had thrown zero pass TDs prior to the fourth quarter. You know, Mike, I know we're not the Seahawks, but after hearing that, I do like our chances this week. How do you think Dallas and Atlanta compare to each other? So what you're telling me from what from what the talk about Dak is on Twitter, you're telling me that Matt Ryan's stats don't count at all because he was losing. So he only threw for like 180 yards and no touchdowns because they don't count once you're behind by like two touchdowns. That's what you're saying? Yeah, that, that seems to be the general theme with Dak and his uh, fourth quarter stats. Yeah, it only counts. Matt Ryan's count. It's only Dak. If it's Dak, it doesn't count. Sorry, that's I'm getting off on the, the Dak hater tangent. We I didn't think after this game you'd get much Dak like hate. Even uh, one of our uh, nemesis, uh, 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 Nick Herrera's uh, friend, uh, Eric Roth, even him, he wasn't even on Dak this game. He was like, no, the defense stunk. And he's like one of the most diabolical Dak, quote unquote, haters, as they call him. He would call yes. himself a truth teller. But uh, yeah, so I had to start it off with that because I've, I've had to deal with uh, others like Dak just can't do it, this and that. And I'm like, you guys don't watch football. You just really don't. So where, where are we again? Yes, Falcons. Sorry, I, I traveled back to the Rams game. We're talking about how the Cowboys and Falcons compare. Yes, sir. It's amazing how much they compare. In the interview that we did uh, with Sean Wright, uh, he talked about Atlanta, and he was basically saying how the offense had to carry the defense and, and keep the defense from getting destroyed by being really powerful. And I was like, I told him, I was like, Man, it sounds like you're describing Dallas. 
because our our offense at at uh, at worst has to protect the defense, and at best has to just straight carry it. Um, they're gonna have to put up a lot of points. Uh, they they got to get TDs in the red zone. They got to control the clock much better. They can't have only twenty three minutes of time possession and only ten possessions. If they're like that against Atlanta, uh, they're going to be in trouble. They they need to control the clock. If they are at 10 possessions, then Atlanta needs to be at nine. So it, it, it's eerily similar. They're, they both rely on their offenses um, to carry weak weaker defenses. Um, but I'm hoping our offense is uh, a better matchup against their, their defense. Hopefully we could separate ourselves more than they can. Right, I have to agree, Mike. You know, I think our offense can keep up with their offense, no problem. And I think our run game is stronger. And, uh, you know, I kind of, uh, as far as the defenses go, our defensive line is better. They have us at linebacker. And, you know, we have the uh, slide edge there in secondary. But overall, I think our defenses are pretty comparable. Um, but, yeah. you know, what's, uh, what scares you most about the Falcons? Uh, the, the game – I would say not being able to get off the field on third down that we, mm-hmm. we, we gotta be able to control the clock. We can't let them do it. The, what the Rams did and get to short yardage third downs and then, uh, and then keep picking them up and keeping our possessions down. We, we have to keep that defense off the field. We need to control the clock. And if we just let them keep picking up third downs, our pass rush isn't able to get there. You know, we can't create turnovers, and, and they're able to control that game that way. Their offense is too uh, powerful. Um, so that's I think that's the thing that most worries me. I know that there's an easier way to break that down. You know, their, their weapons versus our uh, linebackers and secondary and coverage. But I think the, the, the real key to it when you get down to it is, is third downs. We've We've got to be able to stop them on third down and make them punt. No, I'd agree with you there. And, you know, Sean mentioned it earlier you know, when we were doing our uh, offsides episode. If they can, if they get their running game going, I think that's really where we could be in trouble because, you know, last week we couldn't stop the run to save our lives. You, you know, he broke down our defensive tackles. And if our defensive tackles are, aren't able to stop the run and then our linebackers who are you know, we're already our depth is depleted there, but if then they're they're asked they're being asked to help stop the run as well, well then the middle of the field's gonna be wide open. And we, we saw what happened underneath against the Rams last week. Yeah, that um that it's it's important to get them to where they're passing and we can actually get a defensive pass rush. That McVeigh did such a good job last week of getting uh of taking away our ability to try to like pin our ears back. We never really got a chance because we were always third and four, third and three, you know, they, they were able to run their little short routes underneath and our pass rush couldn't get there. If we stop Gurley and we can get them to third and six, third and seven, third and eight or, or mm-hmm. longer, their offensive line, I would put their offensive line as about what ours is now without Collins and with uh, Connor coming off injury and with Looney at center. I'd say we're still about an even offensive line. If we have Collins, we're much better. And you've seen how that affected our offense. It should do the same to them. But the key is to get them in those positions. If we get them to those positions by stopping Gurley and we can pin our ears back, 
we have a front four that can rotate in and can continue to get at Matt Ryan. And then we have a good chance of, of making them punt a few times. Now, you know, Atlanta has a lot of weapons, Mike. You think about Julio Jones, you think about Todd Gurley, Calvin Ridley, and now Russell Gage, who looks to be a, uh, a very solid third wide receiver for them. And then, of course, they're tied in Hayden Hurst. Uh, what player, which Atlanta player worries you the most this week? Hurst. Definitely Hurst. The wide receivers are going to get theirs on anybody. You can put them against the best cornerbacks in the league, and they're going to get their stats. And our cornerbacks will do okay, and they'll get theirs. But you can't get killed by Hurst. And I, I, I'm a lot more, I'm a lot less worried if Carr's starting. But if you're going out there and Jalen Smith is your main linebacker right now, and Darian Thompson is the uh, is the safety they're going to find a way to isolate those two on either gauge or Hurst, and i'm assuming that the that the that they're going to attack with Hurst more because we'll we'll bring in extra corners but they're going to go after jalen and they're going to go after thompson they're going to find a way to attack them and Hurst can make plays man he, he's there's a reason i have him on so many fantasy teams the offense uses the tight end, and it's our weak spot uh, even more than others. Like Cheeto and Diggs seem serviceable in the game. You know, I wasn't too worried about them, and they were playing some really good wide receivers. They got beat more on screens. That's not really what Falcons do. They want to beat you downfield, and uh, I feel like that opens up again the pass rush, and that that helps in that area. But if they can go short or hit seams with Hurst, where they don't have to um, – the routes don't take as long. They're they're quicker, you know. Mm-hmm. Then then we're going to be in trouble. That's going to be another guy, the third down guy, going back to the third down thing. Hurst is a guy that can attack the the safety and the linebacker and, and, and get third down conversions. So he worries me the most. I think if we can limit him, the wide receivers get theirs and you'll survive. You can't let them blow up on you. Uh, but if you limit the uh, the tight end, you're in for a good day because that's our toughest matchup. Yeah, Mike, that's a, that's a good pick. You know, Hayden Hurst definitely could be a weapon. I know uh, he was a couple of inches away from, uh, you know, what I've heard on Twitter, you know, from the fantasy community. He was a couple of inches away from scoring a TD, which have really would have made his first game with Atlanta look a lot better. But even then, he still had, I believe, five, five receptions with, you know, with 50 yards or something like that. But the player that worries me the most is Russell Gage. Uh, you know, prior to the fourth quarter, um, I believe it was the first half is where Russell Gage did a lot of his damage, and he was one of those wide receivers who who had over 100 receiving yards. Again, if we're unable to stop the run, and like you mentioned, if the uh, the Falcons are wanting to do that, those shorter routes, those, those seam routes or those underneath type things, I think that's where Russell Gage really makes his living, uh, you know, playing out of the slot there. And, you know, I could be worried that we'll see a, another Robert Woods type game out of Russell Gage. Yeah, that and, and I know I get that a lot of people listening to us are going to have their head exploding emojis because neither of us said Julio Jones. But I mean, the team, the defense knows going in Julio Jones, you know, right. they know that they're going to have to lean guys towards Julio Jones and they know Julio's probably still going to go for another 80, 100 yards and a touchdown like we get that and we understand that he's their biggest weapon. I think where me and Paul are coming at it is okay. 
that guy's going to get you like Kobe Bryant no matter what. Don't let Rick Fox get you. Don't mm-hmm. let Robert Ory get you. You know, if Shaq and Kobe get you, you can survive it and you can uh, can get them with your big guys. You know, the guys you have, you have a lot of weapons too. But if the Russell Gages and Hayden Hurst, and like you said earlier, stopping Todd Gurley on the run, if right. those guys get you, now they're unstoppable because they just got, they, they can go everywhere and beat you and then you have trouble. So for people, before they go crazy, we understand what a weapon Julio Jones is. He's going to be taken care of by scheme. They're going to try to limit him scheme-wise. We're talking about they're going to match up Gage and Hayden Hurst against our third or fourth, you know, the bottom guys right. of, of our defense, and we can't let them kill us. Yeah, that's perfectly said, Mike. Now, uh, you know, as we're talking about the Atlanta offense, Mike, how, how do we stop this Atlanta pass-heavy pass heavy offense? Excuse me. Uh, we do a type of what Rams did to us in, in a way. We use our offense to help stop their offense. So mm-hmm. they tried to take down possessions, control the clock, you know, uh, 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 keep our offense off the field. I think that we're going to do it in a different way. We need to score early. We need to get ahead and make them a passing team. You uh, you stop uh, uh, Gurley or you get ahead early to where Gurley becomes less of a factor. You know they're passing. And then their offensive line, I don't believe, can handle our pass rush. They may be good in the run game, especially with our DTs up the middle. But I don't think they can handle our pass rush at all four spots. So if we can get ahead, get the pass rushers going, now you can cause turnovers, strip sack, uh, hit a guy the way we hit. I know it was a penalty, but assuming he didn't hit him in the head and he just hit Goff and then Awuzie is able to pick it off, you know, stuff like that leads to turnovers. So I think that's the key to me. Score early, get ahead make the Falcons one-dimensional, and get the pass rush going. I like that, Mike. Um, you know, for me, I think if, if we can stop the run early, I think that is really what's going to help our defense. You mentioned the, that the defense getting off the field on third downs. Seattle held Atlanta's rushing attack to 72 total yards last week. I can't help but feel like stopping Todd Gurley is going to be the key this week. I agree. I think they had a a, a great game plan, and um, – I think our D-line, their DTs are pretty good, but we have better edge rushers. We don't have the linebackers they do. So am I nervous about that? When you have, when you have assuming Darian Thompson at safety or even Carr, who's, you know, he's not going to be a great in-the-box, like, run stuffer. And Jalen, um, you hope he plays better because Atlanta's not really a misdirection team, so he can play more straight ahead. But our DTs aren't great, uh, and they have Alex Mack, who's a good center. And, uh, you know, if they get that going, then we're going to have trouble. But the hope is that you can shore that up. And at home, we ha- we played better at home all last year. So the hope is you can get those stops. And at least, you know, Gurley's going to get some, but at least don't let him bleed you out, you know, and, and just continue to get four-yard, four-yard, four-yard. You can't have that. Right, you know, we want to try to keep them in, in third and five or longer as many times as we can just because, you know, Gurley, 
Uh, you know, Sean talked about it last week, or excuse me, Sean talked about it earlier on our offsides episode that he was happy to see Todd Gurley averaging four yards per carry. And, you know, thirds and third and fours or third and threes, you know, we want to keep trying to prevent them from getting it down to that kind of yardage because, again, you know, Todd Gurley can probably get three yards in his sleep. And, you know, with Hayden Hurst and Russell Gage, you know, that, that won't be uh, too much of a task for them to, uh, to, to take care of. Yeah, they get they get to third third and, and under five a lot. You're gonna have trouble because it opens up a chance at a run. It and you always have to worry about Ridley and Julio beating you. So that that keeps your corners off and it allows them to play underneath. And if they have to get third, six, and seven, now they throw a five yard pass, you stop them at the punt. If they're at third and five and under, Hurst and Gage could work the underneath, pick up the third downs and keep the team on the field and keep the defense on the field and keep their defense off the field against our offense. So yeah, it's going to be a huge key to get them in third and long pass rush situations for us. That that's probably key to the game. Right. Let's talk a little bit about the Atlanta defense. You know, last week they had 10 quarterback hits, three sacks and four tackles for loss. And again, I mentioned that the game was close early, you know, Mike, how do you think we should attack this Atlanta, Atlanta defense? Uh, play action. Early passing, play action. Last week, uh, Dak passing on first downs, 11 for 12, over 130 yards. They didn't use the play action enough last week. I don't know why. They also got really conservative in the second half. I When we talked about it in the pod, I understood why, but I just feel like if something's working – why go away from it? Like, uh, make them show that they could stop it, you know, before you change it up. So I, I would like to run a lot of tempo. Um, I know I want to keep time of possession, but there's a way you can get up to the line quick and then, you know, wait it out a little bit. So you're still running time, but you get up to the line fast. Keep their defense in. Don't let them rotate. Um, keep their secondary, you know, only so many calls because they're young. Uh, I know uh, A.J. Terrell uh, had a downgrade uh, after practice, so we don't even know if he's going to be in. So I'd like him to keep a tempo early, run play action and pass on first down, try to not even let it get to third down where we had our issues in the first game, and then uh, score in the red zone. Big, big thing. Get touchdowns. You can't – you can't – Rams had a game plan to keep us – our possessions down, but it also allowed us to stay in it because they couldn't score a lot. If we get down there and we miss field goals, or even if we make them or held the field goals too often, and it feels like you dominated Atlanta, but you're up 13 to three at Uh halftime, their offense is really good. And now you've given them an opening to come back and, and, and get you because they're going to get our defense a few times. It's just what it is. They're too powerful, and we're not that strong. So they're going to get scores. So you need to match them by getting scores in the red zone and and cashing in as much as possible. Yeah, Mike, I'd agree. We we've seen for the last couple of seasons that we've had issues uh, taking advantage of our opportunities there in the red zone. For me, I feel like Seattle laid out the blueprint on how to attack this Atlanta defense. Chris Chris Carson, running back for the Seahawks, he had two TDs in the first quarter, kind of setting the tone there for Seattle. I don't see why Zeke and the Cowboys can't do the same thing. I think establishing the run game early is is how we should attack this Falcons defense. 
I don't mind that, but everybody on Twitter that hears this is going to boo you. <laughs> they are going to boo you. I, I think that I think running efficiently is key. Right. Uh, people people think just because somebody says you pass first down and use Plaxter on first down that you're not running. No, no. We have Ezekiel Elliott. You're going to use him, and their line. You want to slow down. Uh, uh, Dante Fowler and Tack McKinley against the, the the wounded offensive tackles. Tyron Smith just came up with a neck today in practice. Now they say he's going to play, but still, you know, we're, we're so thin there that you have to be careful. So I have no issue with running efficiently. I just want to attack their secondary early um, and, and get them on their heels. Tempo, mm-hmm. play action pass, run efficiently score in the red zone i think i think that's the way you you get it done and and it helps your defense a lot all right well hopefully i'm not upset, upsetting the uh, cowboys nation there i just mean that i think if we get zeke involved early i'm not saying just solely relying on on the run there but it looked like when chris carson you know he he got those two early tds it just kind of seemed again to, to set the tone for the uh, seahawks defense and then we saw in the second half that that really opened up the uh the uh, pass game for them as well. Oh, well. I did all this work to get Mike uh, uh, at not be uh, trite and Dalton Miller to say they'd come on. And we know Dan would come on and now they're all going to listen to this episode and they're going to hear you say that. Yeah. We need to get the run started. And they're going to be like, never mind, We don't want to be on. Well, hey, you know what, Mike? Maybe I'll maybe I'll go out of town that week. How about that, man? Yeah. Well, D, you don't have to worry. No, they're too big for us. None of them listen to our podcast. Come on, they're they're the they're the big time, Mister Ohio State and Johns Oklahoma, and we're down here just like don't forget about us, guys. We love yeah. Dallas too. Well, you know what? Even though they are big time, they're they're some of the nicest guys, and you know if if you're looking for more Cowboys follows, man, they're they're those guys are all must follows, Dalton. Not to be trite, John Williams and Mr. Dan Rupert. That that pod that John had, it, John Williams has uh, inside the Cowboys, and he had a pod reaction game to the Rams. Mm-hmm. And you all know I want you to listen to mine, but I put it on Twitter. I was like, if you all don't listen to that podcast, are you even a Cowboys fan? Like Dalton Miller was on and Mike, uh, that's not be trite's name, he was on. And uh, they killed it, man. They had a great pod. It was funny. And um, – and if you know them, you know the kind of attitude they come with at the Cowboys. They love them with all their heart, just like we do. And they have that 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 cut to them, that little bit of edge. So coming to them after a loss just was – I was very excited, and I was not disappointed by that podcast. You know, I'll have to check that out. I've been meaning to listen to John's podcast for a while, and – you know, in between uh, doing our podcast and the ATB Fantasy podcast, it's just – and then the fantasy season and Cowboy season, man, it's – I always uh, – you know, I'm always forgetting to, to tune into a podcast even if I've had it written down or told myself, you know, a million times that I'm going to check it out. They had uh, – they have one part on there where he's talking to them about, you know, how certain players in the game, you know, is Michael Gallup going to go over this much or that or over this? And uh, he asked him, he goes – Dalton Schultz <laughs> and Dalton, uh, Dalton Miller goes under whatever it is under. And uh, Mike goes, yeah, unless it's drops. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was busting up, man. It was so good. So yeah. Hey, listen to our pod, 
you know we love you, but definitely you got to get on John's pod. The, the guy does a good pod. He always has good guests. And uh, if you're going to ever start it, this is the one to start it on because Mike and uh, Dalton kill it. Yes, and uh, and John's quite the writer himself as well. So I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll have to check that out sooner rather than later. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a college guy, but lock, he got locked on uh, – we all know I love the Locked On Cowboys. Well, he got locked mm-hmm. on Oklahoma, so he's the guy yes. the Sooners pod. So congrats to him, man. I'm, I'm I'm proud of him. He's one of the first ones. He's like the – if anybody ever deserved us, that guy, he's like the nicest guy on Twitter. So good for yeah, him. Yeah, he really man. is. I'm, I'm glad he's killing it. Yeah, you know, uh, John was actually one of the first people um, – you know, you know, you think about Patrick Walker, you think about uh, Katie Drummond, and then you think about John Williams, guys who are bigger names that are associated with the Cowboys. And he was one of the first people that really gave me the time of day and that would actually talk football with me and everything. So it's always nice to see guys like that get these opportunities and, uh, you know, further their career and, you know, are able to do things that they're passionate about. Yeah, John and John and, uh, and Dan uh, are my boys, man, so – it's just nice, and I can't wait to go on theirs, and I can't wait for them to come on ours, and we're going to work it out and everything, and it, it's going to be a blast. We, the key is we all love Dallas, the Cowboys, so it's, it's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Well, Mike, you know, we're, t- we're just uh, talking about how to attack this Atlanta defense. Is there a player on the Cowboys that you think could be the secret weapon that could put us over the edge to – you know, John Williams – no, I'm just kidding. Sorry, I got us on tra- off track on that. <laughs> so, I love John, man. I apologize. The uh, offensive game changer for me, uh, I, we talked about it in the interview. I, I had him as the highest fantasy points. I'm thinking more skill position. I know quarterbacks get the most, but I'm, a, I'm on Gallup. I think Gallup could get 100 yards and two TDs. Um, honestly, any of our three receivers can. But I just feel like if A.J. Terrell, who had a, a, a uh, practice thing too, they don't know if he's going to play. But if the rookie does, they're going to throw him on Cooper, I would imagine. He's still their number one, as far as I know. I, I, I can't imagine somebody else is uh, going to go over there. So you're talking about Isaiah Oliver, maybe, or uh, Dequez Denard guarding uh, Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb. So – all the receivers are open, and I took the guy that last year averaged 17-plus yards per reception. So I think Gallup hits a big play touchdown, gets another one, uh, maybe a red zone play, 100-plus yards, two TDs, big game for him. I'm starting him in a couple of my fantasies. So I'm going to hey. go with Michael Gallup. How about you, Paul? You know, I have Tony Pollard as my guy. We lost Blake Jar when he was one of our field stretchers, you know, to, to go along with Michael Gallup and, of course, just, you know, just our receivers there. You know, and he was also our yards-after-catch yards guy as well. And another another weapon for that the uh, teams might not game plan for. I have a feeling we could see uh, see a lot of Tony Pollard and Zeke on the field at times just try to keep uh, the Atlanta defense guessing. And uh, I, I could see Tony Pollard maybe uh, having another one of those hundred yard games he had four last year. So you know, I, I see. Uh, I think, I think Tony Pollard is our secret weapon this week. I love that pick. That's a great pick. He looked great. He was limited, but man, John, uh, John Owing, uh, uh, another great Cowboys file. He was putting stuff down about Pollard, and he had a play where the guy like it was like a quarterback read. 
he was like this side nope middle nope oh here's an opening and went around he only got a few yards but it's like he's just so quick and 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 decisive like boom no boom no onto the other one and and mm-hmm. he's, he's just such a change of pace from zeke who's all around but more of a power guy right um, see the hole hit the hole and uh it's a nice one too and i hope that you know with more than 23 minutes of possession this uh this week that Pollard can get some more snaps maybe with um like you said with Jarwin out they run a little bit of two running back sets so uh, I'm right. I'm looking forward to it that's a really good pick all right thanks thanks Mike you know I'm always trying to look for my shining moments man because you're the star of the show so I I try to get in where I can sir uh I don't know if I'm the star man I'm the star at throwing us off topic I'm really good at that yeah the, the food guy and the off the rails guy right yeah I am the off the rails. Because of me, we discuss food. We discuss gambling. I bring up everyone else's podcast in the middle of ours. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I don't even know why you want me on here. Like, I get somebody else. Worst podcast partner ever. Oh, you know, well, Mike, uh, we're getting Brandon Carr back this week. And I know you're not a big fan of Darian Thompson. And, you know, you, you weren't really pleased with what you saw from our defensive tackles last week either. Do we have a secret weapon or a game changer, game changing player on defense? Oh, man. Um, (laughs) uh, I'm hoping Tank, he's, yeah. It's hard because I just, the minute I heard Darian Thompson was, I was like, no, he's not. Like, I literally, on my 53 man, the guys who see them every day and knew Darian Thompson was taking the starting snaps. I just said, no, he's not. There's something going on. Ha, ha. And then Ha Ha got cut. And I'm like, they're really going to throw Darian? Did they not watch him play like ever? And we have like, you know, our Cowboys fan, fan base, it's the first week and you're really hopeful. And you're like, well, you don't know this and that. And I'm like, well, I guess I don't, you know, maybe he's the new coaches or whatever. Then he comes out as terrible against the play. Act. Like he can't cover, misses four tackles. And I'm like, yeah, he can't, he can't play out there. Like, Ugh. So it's definitely not Darian Thompson. I'm sorry for that guy. I love him on special teams. He's he's like a Jeff Heath. When he's your third safety rotating in for eight snaps, you live with it. But when he's a starter, he just he kills you. Um, I'm gonna say tank. Tanks, tanks, you know, people are gonna shift a little bit of attention to Alden after the game he played uh last week. Um, nobody really pays attention to our DTs right now unless they're going to make them. So they're shift to the outside. But I think Tank uh, uh, against um, – who do they have? They have McGarry, Caleb, right? The right tackle. I think Tank can make plays on him. That's not a great right tackle. And, uh, and I, I expect him to get a couple of sacks. Maybe he gets a strip sack. Let's do that. All right. You know, I'm not mad at it. Tank, Tank was uh... – you know, it might not have showed up a lot in the uh, the stat sheet, but but Tank had a, a pretty solid game last last week for what it's worth. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he had four pressures. That was the most on the team. And and the thing he does is, you know, the last year we heard the same thing with Quinn. Quinn got all these sacks, and everybody was like, "Man, Quinn showed up and Tank didn't." And I'm like, "No, there's a reason." And there's a reason. Alvin Smith looked great. There's a reason he had ten tackles and a sack and everything. And it's because everybody shifts to one side. And uh-huh. don't get that twisted, guys. Like, don't just read stats or that. That's first take stuff. That's that's sports debate TV show BS. 
look at the advanced analytics at what tank does and you'll see why other people open up so much. It's because everything is geared towards making sure he doesn't destroy your offense. Right. Well, you know, Mike, we talked about this guy on our 53 man roster projection episode. And now that LVE is out in our linebacker depth, linebacker depth is depleted. I think we're going to have to get creative. You know, so here's what I'm thinking. I think we have Carr and Cheeto double Julio. We put Anthony Brown on Russell Gage. We have Trevon Diggs cover Calvin Ridley. I, and I think Jordan Lewis could be active this week, and we have him cover Todd Gurley. That's very possible. I know he's active. He, he practiced, and, and they plan on him uh, being in the game. I don't know how many snaps he'd get, so that kind of makes sense uh, because you would only have to use him at, in select downs where he wouldn't have to go out there and play, you know, 70% of the snaps his first week right. back. Mm-hmm. Go in on the third and six-plus scenarios. You're going to take Gurley out of the backfield. Um, I don't hate him uh, uh, as a, as a uh, just an extra DB out there, the way um, some people are used in college, you know, where they can play the linebacker or they can play the safety. Just have him out on the field to make some plays. I feel like, um, like you said, with how we are limited at linebacker, that we may go into a – uh, a, a game plan like that where you have the linemen and then a lot of DBs and a mm-hmm. DB is there a lot in uh, at the quote unquote linebacker position. And maybe uh Jalen pass rushes more standing right. up. That could be some, an adjustment you see made because we don't have a lot of viable people to play at linebacker past Thomas and, and Jalen Smith. Right. I know we, uh, we, Got a couple of uh, we plucked a couple of practice squad guys off of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs roster, and I believe it was the uh, was it the Chicago Bears or the Green Bay Packers. And I'm not sure if either one of those guys is going to start. But you know, again, I, I mentioned out. I felt like we were going to have to get creative given the uh, the depleted depth that they're at linebacker, and we saw it in 2018 against Alvin Kamara, and um, I can't remember there was another running back that Jordan Lewis was really able to. Uh, to uh, take out of the game and, and help our defense. Yeah, that um, – who was that? Uh, they took out Jordan Lewis, and then that was just uh, – God, I'm blanking on who that was, and I'm going to be mad because we even talked about it when we broke down the 53-man roster. We talked about how Lewis was able to do that. That's that's where he honestly has been his best mm-hmm. is in that – in that scenario, I don't really like him in the slot. I, I think Anthony Brown is a much better uh, slot cornerback. Not that that's saying too much, but I've always liked Jordan Lewis on the outside because of his length. I think he does better with the sidelines than when it, when a player has the full field on him. And so uh, I would like to play him. And in, in if you can't play him outside and with the way Cheeto and Diggs were able to uh, play decently well i don't see him going out there so yeah i I, you could see him in that spot just hey you're designated you get this running back if he comes out of the backfield that's your job or spying a quarterback i don't know you're not going to need it against matt ryan but in other situations right well mike you know my next question actually uh we we've already answered that but it was gonna i was gonna ask you what your score prediction for this week was and you, Sean, and I already did that. So, 
let's move right along here. You know, Mike, we only scored 17 last week, but I think we can double that. Double that. I, I know that you and I both uh, are, are projecting for the uh, Cowboys to go over 30 this week. Yeah, I, I believe mine was 34-23, and yours was 33-21. We both picked Cowboys. Does that sound about right? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's a, I wanted to make sure because I, I had a – it's funny because under score prediction, I have a higher – score written down under my Falcons breakdown but I remember I flipped it because I just have a feeling like early in the season you're able to make some more adjustments teams haven't seen you enough so you can make quicker adjustments and I just don't think it'll be neither team will be the sieve they were uh uh in the first game I know we didn't allow a lot of points but we were just terrible on on stopping drives and and holding the the getting the Rams to punt we didn't even have a punt to the friggin' fourth quarter. So I think they're both defense are going to play better. I think we'll end up scoring uh, quite a few points just because their secondary is just so um, it's, it's not very good. I mean, just, I'm trying to be nice. We just had our, our friend on with the interview, but they're even, he said, he knows that it's a tough matchup. And uh I think at home, our offense steps it up. I wish it wasn't that way. I wish we played consistently everywhere. But um, I don't want to get his uh, name tag wrong, his tag name wrong on Twitter, but there was another gentleman who does a little 10-minute recap, and he talked about our differential uh, uh, points from home to road, and I thought it was a really good stat. And uh, I'll, I'll shout him out on uh, Twitter when the pod comes out. And tell him I apologize. I know it's start. It's like Elston, but I don't want to mess it up for him. But he put out a really good stat, and so I think our offense will step up, and it'll help our defense, and they can get a few stops, maybe a few turnovers on Atlanta, and we'll be able to uh, pull ahead the way the Seahawks were. Yeah, you know, I um, was it was it last season or 2018 where it seemed like we were better on the road than we were at home, and then you know last year. We were, I guess it was 2018, but then it was last year where we were better at home than we were on the road. Is that right? Yeah, it, it like flipped for some reason, and I don't, uh, I don't know why. The person's name's Elton Coston, and it's at DC two four two three. I just looked it up right now. Okay. And he, he he gave me that 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 I knew we were better at home, but I didn't know how much better. When I heard that, it kind of went like. Dang, that's crazy. Like, I think he said there was only the Bills game is the only time we didn't score 30 at home. I believe that was the stat. And oh. I was like, wow, really? And uh, and uh, on the road, we only had like one game where we scored over 24. So that kind of flip is just insane to me. Yeah, that is. that That is pretty crazy. And then to think that uh... – the game against the Bills where, you know, they, they had uh, their way scoring against us. We couldn't do much against them. Just shows you how, how, how fickle, I guess, uh, football can be, how crazy it can be, man. Yeah, it's, it, it, it changes that quick. And it's weird because our guys don't really change that much. So it makes it like, like, you know, we've had Garrett doing the same stuff for nine years. How the hell do we flip so differently year to year right well Mike guys we're wrapping things up you know you mentioned that Tyron Tyron Smith 
he mispracticed today with what sounds like to be a, a dealing with something going on with his neck. Was there was there any other uh, Cowboys players uh, news that you could share with with everybody? Uh, I know Coop uh, Amari Cooper missed uh, practice with a foot uh, again. That just like Tyron, it, it doesn't seem to be a a big issue. We'd like it more if it was a Wednesday because typically Wednesday is a vet day, so you would right. definitely be like, no big deal. Since it's a Thursday, you you have to worry about it a little bit. You just do. And then I know Alvin Smith missed practice, but it was excused. He had a dentist appointment. So you know how that goes. Believe me, I know how that goes. So, you know, I'm not too worried about that. Other than that, no real issues than the ones from the same as last week. All right, Mike. Well, as we're wrapping things up, it feels like it's been forever since we've done one of these. But, you know, typically at the end of an episode, we like to have a, uh, a little discussion here. So I'm curious, what? How do you think we can fix our offensive line issue? Do you, do you think that we could see a better, more McGovern this week? Do you think that Connor Williams will will be better, given that he's you know probably dealing with some rust issues and everything? How, how do you, how can the Cowboys' offensive line be better this week? I don't, I'm not worried too much about the inside. Uh, Grady Jarrett is really really good. He's still not. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's a different kind of monster. Uh, Grady Jarrett's like a Michael Brockers. So imagine having a Grady Jarrett-esque type player, maybe not as good, but in that range, and then an Aaron Donald to deal with. So I figure Grady Jarrett and uh, and Zach Martin will, will link up. Zach will be fine in that matchup. Um, Zach, Zach Martin normally plays Aaron Donald really well uh, for the most part. I think he's gotten them for one sack in all their meetings. Even in college, Zach Martin was good against uh, Aaron Donald. So um, I think that'll be fine. Um, they're going to have to find a way to open up the pass game, even with the right tackle. I know they're worried about it. Bring Blake Bell over, do something. But we can't have, uh, uh, I think it was 5.8 yards per reception um, because the Rams had 8.4 and they weren't throwing routes over two yards, you know. So they were – they you have to find ways to get people some separation, even if you're going to go short route to where they can break some tackles the way Rams did and make it happen. Uh, in a couple of weeks, Collins will be back and we'll be fine. I think eventually uh, maybe even this season, Beatis takes the uh, reins over uh, Joe Looney. If necessary, if, if we keep getting beat up by guys inside, you might as well throw him in there and let him learn on the, uh, on the move. Um, but I, I'm not, I'm honestly, like I said, like when we broke down the schedule way back then, we got to get through these first four games at two and two, mm-hmm. we do that. And going forward, we'll be gravy. The schedule opens up a lot more and the next eight of the next 12 are set up pretty well for us. And, uh, just get to get to two and two and we'll go from there. Win win this week, get this and don't go to Seattle your longest road trip of the year at 0-2. That will be a problem. Yeah, Mike, I like the way you said that. And again, you did mention it, that when we broke down the Cowboys' schedule, through the first four weeks, we were happy to come out of this thing 2-2. Two and two. Of course, we'd love to go 4-0 and or even 3-1. and one, But, you know, we definitely don't want to be 1-3 or 0-4. Oh so, uh, you know, we, we knew that these matchups were going to be tough. We knew that there was going to be potential shootouts, um, you know, of course, you can't predict injury. It's just, uh, again, we we knew what was what we were going to be dealing with these first four weeks. So, 
you know, here's here's hoping that we can get a a much needed victory here on Sunday. Yeah, I'd be I'd be much more confident if we had Collins, especially the Atlanta and the Browns games, because I feel if if we can get through Atlanta without him and he comes back by the time the Browns game comes along, we'll be all right to get that two and two. But it uh, it'll make me nervous if Collins is still out and we got to face Olivier Vernon and uh, Miles Garrett with Tyron Smith not completely ever healthy and whoever they put out there at right tackle that'll get annihilated by either of those two. So let's get the offensive tackles back healthy. I know they're bringing in somebody. Uh, there's somebody uh, I, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. I apologize, but they should have signed him over Cameron Irving in the first place. Cameron Irving is not a damn tackle. There's a reason that, that, uh, that Steele played over Cameron Irving and Irving was on special teams when he hurt his knee, you know, that he's just not good at tackle. So they're bringing a guy in. I wish I could remember his name. I apologize. Uh, but he'll be a good depth guy. He'll be a better, um, uh, swing tackle than Cameron Irving would be. Well, you know, it's, it's all, it's all positive vibes from here, Mike, you know, all we can do is just, uh, patiently wait for for Sunday to come and hopefully we'll see a different result but um, as we're wrapping things up Mike just remind everybody where we can find you out on Twitter at CD Piglet my friends and guys again I am Paul Ryan and you can find me at Paul underscore Ryan 15 uh, thank you guys for joining us and we'll see you next week <laughs>